Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rich Eisen Show with guest host Ben Lyons. It's so bad it's good. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. It's so bad it's good. Cold pizza, for example, right? And I feel like football falls in that category, even when it's so bad. It was still good last night to see football out there. Today's guest, NFL Network reporter Jim Trotter from the Athletic NBA, J.E. Skeets, ESPN NBA analyst Kendrick Perkins, executive director of the WNBA Players Association, Terry Jackson. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Ben Lyons. Welcome, everyone, to the show. Ben Lyons back for another fun week here on the Rich Eisen Show. Fresh off a weekend out in Malibu. Feeling a little Malibu fried today. We're feeling good. Look at you. What happened out there? You know, I just hit the beach. Try to put on that SPF 50. Probably should have taken it up to 60, but we're happy to be here today. And uh, I'm really excited to be joined by all you guys. But I do get concerned on a Monday morning because I feel like if I put out the question to our incredible staff here of what did you do this weekend? (laughs) I might get hit back with the egg salad sandwich story from the 40 year old virgin. (laughs) So Chris Brockman. Hey, I'll start with you. Super producer extraordinaire. Yeah. 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 Former fan of an incredible backcourt of Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier. How are you, Chris? How was your weekend? (laughs) I'm great, man. You know, I played a little golf on uh, Saturday morning. Out in Pasadena. In the shadows of the Rose Bowl. Oh, man. Played great. Had a couple pars. Nice birdie put on a par three. Did you feel like Keith Jackson was calling your shots while it you were out like there? It, I, it, as every shot was in the air, I was thinking, whoa, Nelly, please don't go out of bounds. Uh, then went down to the Grove in Los Angeles. Uh, had a nice lunch. Went home and then played dad. Sarah was working yesterday, so I was... Uh, Mr. Mom with Cage all day. Strong weekend. Yeah, Strong stuff. weekend. No a lot of golf. The yeah, golf no fun. egg salad sandwich for you. Except uh, for the Red Sox, <laughs> they stink. Yeah, the Red Sox are, are in trouble. I got a series of Verdugo texts from my dad. I'll uh, share those. Because uh, he's out on a little bit later. Leave. A little bit later We've on in the show. We've lost 10 of 13. I'm melting down. Um, and then TJ Jefferson, I'd ask you how your weekend was, but I actually got to spend some of it with you. You oh. did, man. I got a call Saturday evening for Ben Lyons. I said, oh, let's get something to eat. I wanted to see. I wanted to see greatness. You know, I wanted to see greatness. So who else do I call when I want to experience 
an iconic moment than an iconic man in TJ Jefferson. No and doubt. we went and shared Team USA women's basketball getting the dub. Yeah, we had we had a pizza and pasta. Shared and, a uh, pizza, a pasta, sensible salad as well. Se- for sensible the table. salad. Watch watch the uh, the US women just continue to dominate Domin- and win that gold medal. Yeah, I was watching that Saturday you know, night. Ben, ben Lyons led a USA chant throughout the the main room of Stella Barra in Santa Monica on Main <laughs> Is Street. Is it strange that when I see Diana Taurasi and Sue Bird win their fifth gold medal, I feel inspired to stand on top of a high-top chair <laughs> amongst sensibly priced pizza and scream, USA, USA, no doubt. to a dining room of people saying, wait, there was a game on? <laughs> um, that was fun. That was fun. Also spent a lot of time watching the Hall of Fame stuff, which I'm sure we'll get to, but that was... Fantastic. Well, that's what I wanted to get into because the Hall of Fame festivities in Canton, Ohio this weekend were such a reminder of the powerful emotional currency of nostalgia. Nostalgia takes you back and it opens up a box of feelings that sometimes you haven't tapped into for a while. And it made me question why we do Hall of Fames in general. And before we get into some of the specific speeches and who was honored out in Canton, just the idea of Hall of Fames. You don't have them as well publicized or celebrated in other industries. I'm not sure the Dentistry Hall of Fame could get 10,000 outside in Canton, Ohio. Probably not. But we do this for several reasons, I think, and I was thinking about it this weekend. We do it, obviously, to honor those legends who have meant so much to us. It's tapping into that nostalgia, the players from our childhood who gave us those memories that connected us with the game. It's important to honor them, recognize them. Everyone in life wants to be seen. And not just on Peacock or heard on Westwood One or on Sirius XM 211 or on the Rich Eisen Show, Instagram, podcast, all that stuff. But you want to be recognized and seen and felt like you, you matter and to be honored for those accomplishments when we don't see the nights in the gym. We don't see the two-a-days. We don't see the cross-country flights. We don't see the missing of birthdays and family celebrations. So we honor these men who get inducted into the Hall of Fame. And then it's to educate. I believe a big reason yes. why we put on these, these festivities is to educate the next generation, is to educate future football fans on who these men were who gave their lives to entertain us on Sundays and Monday nights. So it's to educate that next generation. And through that education, we hope to inspire future football fans to want to go out there and contribute to the game, be a part of the game. The, the, the celebrations this weekend, not solely focused on the players. You had iconic coaches being inducted, members of the media, people who touch and support football behind the scenes in different ways. So it's to inspire not just future players, but future fans and commentators and coaches. And I think that that all in all, you know, the festivities this weekend, they, they went off fantastic. You know, you, here we are in a pandemic. Here we are with the 2020 class, the 2021 class. There was talks about these speeches. Are we going to get another Ray Lewis 35 minutes? <laughs> Are we going to get, you know, and it's hard. It's, I, I remember I, uh, there was an actor I'm, I'm, I'm dear friends with, and he wanted to start a workshop. And he asked for people who were attending the workshop that day. There were about 70 of us uh, to go around the room and tell your entire life story in four minutes. It's a very powerful exercise. Your entire life story in four minutes? Who are you going to acknowledge? What moments of triumph do you want to highlight? Are there things in your journey that you find important for others to know that you overcame? 
you and I were playing golf the other day and it sort of came up that I had two staph infections in the bone of yeah, my knee like, in high wow. school and then screws put in my ankle. And as an intern at Murder Inc. Records, the screws popped in my ankle. And it's an A&R, whose name was Hip Hop, looked at me and said, oh, the intern fell. That was a moment <laughs> in my life. Do I, does it make my four minutes? I'm not sure. I have to right. figure that out during the exercise. But I challenge you today, take four minutes to tell your life story. And it's wild what comes up, who you forgot, who you didn't include, what you focused on for 90 seconds of the four minutes. Now you're asking these men to get up there with, who are emotional and, and in front of thousands of people to sum up their football lives in seven minutes. It's hard. And I think the guys did an incredible job. I think having those parameters, everybody knew, hey, this is what it is this year. And everybody stepped up and was able to, to deliver moments that, that were, again, honoring the work that they had done as football players, educating the next generation of football fans as to who they were and what made their journey special, and inspiring people. who When you watch Kurt Warner talk about almost being homeless and living out of a car with his family and counting the, 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 the pennies in the seat of the car to figure out their next move and saying to himself, my family deserves better than this. It's, in, it's incredible. And that's inspiring. And the fact that he able, so much of life and so much of these guys' journeys is just keep going. Mm -hmm. There's so many exit roads, exit paths you can take on, on the football journey and your journey in your own life. But the determination to keep going, we talk a lot about it on this show. Ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. We'll have Jim Trotter from the NFL Network coming up in about 40 minutes or so. He was on the ground in Canton, Ohio. We talk so much about greatness, achieving it, how hard it is to be on top of the mountain. But then as sports fans, we say, do it again. Get back to the mountain. Get one more time on the mountain. Oh, you climbed that mountain? Now climb this mountain. Or have it, how about this mountain? And just to do it again and to keep going. That was a the theme of the weekend. And I was like you, TJ. I was feeling a little emotional, a little in my feelings, biting the towel in the washcloth, biting the towel, just weeping. Tark just, style? Just Tark style when I'm seeing uh, Charles Woodson get up there and sing to his mom. Oh. And this is a guy who, you know, inspired me to want to attend the University of Michigan. Oh, word? Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? When he put the, when he put the rose in his mouth after the Big Ten title, it's incredible. Iconic stuff. The Heisman Trophy playing both ways. Mm. And now here he is on the Hall of Fame stage with his mother. Amazing moment. I think family too, a real theme. Yes. I talked about Kurt Warner and acknowledging his family, Charles Woodson singing to his mom on stage. Peyton Manning, you knew he was going to get up there and give a slick, funny, self deprecating monologue. He's done Saturday Night Live, he's done all the commercials. He was very funny, he took some shots at Brady. But then when he got talking about his dad, that's when his voice broke. Mm. When he started talking about Archie and he started talking about family and that's when the persona, the charisma maybe kind of came off a little bit and the person was in there, the man and the vulnerability. And that was an emotional moment, I think. So family, a huge theme this weekend. And yeah, nostalgia. I mean, I remember watching Peyton Manning's, you know, career at Tennessee and now here he is with a, a gold bust in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. It's kind of wild. It makes you start to get introspective in your own journey, in your own life. Absolutely. Think about where you are now and who surrounding you was part of it back then. And it's a lot of emotions for, for men who don't typically show emotion, who aren't encouraged or always Yeah, that's such an inter celebrated. interesting point, yeah. Ben, because like, it's the NFL. They wear helmets. They wear pads. They are shielded 
from the fans who cheer from them in that aspect. And they're taught from a very young age to be warriors and gladiators and tough and shake it off and to not show emotion. And that's who we see their entire college careers, their entire pro careers. And then this one moment they're up there, they're talking about all the accomplishments, but then they talk about the family and then that's where the shields come down and they get so emotional and we can see who they are as men and uh, family members and, and sons and, uh, and brothers. And it's really awesome to see. It, it's really great. And so, and you think about it, in those moments, recognizing our heroes, these men we're honoring, these men we've been inspired to want to emulate or support or cheer for, have been such a, a, a focus of inspiration in our life. If you see that that's where their shield comes down, that's where their vulnerabilities exist, it's in those family moments, it should be a reminder to all of us to check in with family and to connect with family and log off your timeline and look at and see what's going on in the lives of the people around you. Jimmy Johnson was up, up there talking about uh, QTL, quality time left. Yeah. That's real. Quality time left. How many moments do you have on the timeline left that you can share with the people you care about and let them know? It's not only just about you, for the, but it's about giving of yourself to those other people so they can have quality time left. I just, uh, I really appreciate taking a beat as you as we like embark on this new NFL season. We had the Hall of Fame game the other night. Still waiting on the Dallas Cowboys to score a touchdown. We'll see if we can get all the way to September. Here we go. One month to, but, uh, from tonight, boys. Right. We have one month to the actual, you know, to, to the actual season. And I think the, the the way that the calendar rolls out to have this moment to recognize, honor the past, inspire the future, to check in with family, recognize what's important before we embark on an NFL season. I, I think it's a, I think it's really special, and it was fun to watch this weekend. Other news around the sports world this weekend. Knicks can't get it done in Vegas. Lose to the Raptors 89-79 despite 24 from OB Toppin and some highlights from Jericho Sims. Oh, yeah, the Olympics ended as oh, well. Right. The Olympics. The Olympics. Over, yeah. yeah, but let's get back to OB Toppin. 24 points in his summer league debut. Don't forget, OB didn't have summer league last year. So a lot of people talking about that today, obviously. <laughs> a lot of people meeting you and your group chain. <laughs> Me and the Toppin family. <laughs> Um, and I do want to get into the energy around Team USA because that's something that stuck out to me as well. You know, I'm an energy guy. I read the room and the energy. I could tell Del Tufo was not in a good mood this morning. So you notice we went around the room. We included Brockman, TJ, Del Tufo. On the weekend, I could read the energy. It wasn't quite there. Do you remember Bill Paxton in Apollo 13? Uh-oh. When he's got to restart the command module. Well, I had to do a lot of that this morning. <laughs> Good job, buddy. I'm back, though. All right. I'm now your energy's returning to the groove. We will land in the South Pacific Sea and be safe. <laughs> <laughs> I can assure everybody. <laughs> so, so the energy around Team USA basketball is something I want to get into because as soon as Draymond Green won a gold medal, I believe it's his second gold medal, and Draymond Green joining a very interesting list of basketball players with at least three NBA titles and two gold medals. Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Kobe Bryant, LeBron, and Draymond Green. The only NBA players with three titles and two Olympic gold medals. As soon as he got off the court in Tokyo, he was calling out Kendrick Perkins. 
Like, how did we get there as <laughs> in terms of basketball and the energy surrounding the game? We're gonna have Kendrick Perkins on in about an hour, uh, who is tweeting uh, tweeting about Draymond shouting him out. How are we getting a back and forth of you guys can't win? No, yes we can. See, told you, ha ha. It's very childish the energy around USA men's basketball. So we're gonna unpack that a little bit later on in the show. Plus. Uh, we've got J.E. Skeets from The Athletic, the No Dunks crew. He's going to check in, talk about the loss of the greatest Raptor of all time. Kyle Lowry, I know J.E. Skeets, a big Raptors fan. Plus, Terry Jackson, executive director of the WNBPA, mother of Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Team USA women and what's up next for the WNBA, which gets uh, back underway after the Olympics. Plus... The latest with Michael Thomas's Twitter. This had Brockman Ooh. fired up. This oh had Brockman gosh. more fired up than my cameo on Entourage, which he was <laughs> watching before 9 a.m. One rule of advice in life, don't watch Entourage before 9 a.m. Love the show. Shout out to Doug show. and the guys. But eh, before 9 a.m., not usually the best <laughs> way to start your week. We're going to get into Michael Thomas's Twitter next. It's Ben Lyons in for Rich. The Hall of Fame Monday on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The sleep number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Where was it when you feel like you grew up when you were at Michigan? Well, it was 96, and it was the week before the uh, Michigan-Ohio State game. You know, I got to practice. I wasn't feeling well. My back was a little tight, and I told the, the, the trainer, you know, my, my back is not feeling right. He was like, oh, you know what? Don't worry about it. You know, he, he gave me some, uh, some uh, Advil or something, you know. Take this. Don't worry about it. You don't have to practice today. I was like, great. But nobody relayed that message to Coach Carr. So, you know, we're in practice, and he calls me over a couple of times. Coach you know, Carr. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was like, you know, you're not paying attention. If you're going to be out here at practice and you're not practicing, you got to pay attention. He said, hey, if you're not going to pay attention, then you can just leave. 
And I turned around, I walked out the field, walked into the locker room, put my clothes back on, I walked to the dorm, and I was like, man, I'm transferring. I'm out of here. You walked out on Coach Carr and Michigan yeah. practice, yeah, Ohio yeah. State week, saying, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm gone. My position coach, Vance Bedford, he calls me down to, to Schenbeckler Hall, and it's like, listen, Coach Carr wants to talk to you. I need you to just go down there and apologize, and everything will be okay, and you're playing in the game on Saturday. I'm like, all right. Walk down there, go into Coach Carr's office. You know, he asked me a question. He's like, you think you justified yourself by walking off the field? And I was like, yeah. I was like, I, I, don't, I, I don't think you had to make an example out of me. He was like, you know what? Well, you're not playing this week. I walked back down to Vance Beffer's office. He was like, I told you. <laughs> just go down there and just apologize. You know what? He picks up the phone. Da, 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 da. I don't know what he's doing. Uh -huh. Who he's calling? Call Miss Woodson. I told this boy to go down there and apologize, and that's all he had to do. Here, you talk to him. And your mom's on the and phone. And so my mom's on the phone. <laughs> and, you know, this is 96. There's no cell phone. So, he, you know, he luckily caught my mom at home at that moment. And uh, so I'm talking to my mom. She was like, what's, what's the problem? I'm like, you know, co um, you know, my coach wants me to go down, there, go down there and apologize. I'm like, I'm not apologizing. She was like, Charles. She said, I, I, I understand. I know, I know you're, you're mad and you're angry. She said, if you're not going to apologize for yourself, then do it for me. Oh, boy. And oh, I, the old guilt trip. Nice. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, okay. I get up. I go down. Did it for mom. I did it for mom, man. Apologized to coach. He said, well, you know what? Good, Charles. You're playing this week. And how'd, so, you, and how'd you do against Ohio State? We won. I mean, you and, know. and and you were fine with Coach Carr after that. Fine after that, man. That was the Hall of Famer Charles Woodson in an old interview on the Rich Eisen Show. Ben Lyons filling in for Rich. Big shout out to Charles's mom for getting him back on the field at Michigan. Right? I mean, family is everything. He the, was out. The unsung heroes behind the scenes, supporting, inspiring the athletes we love. Without. Charles Woodson's mother. <laughs> no, no Heisman Trophy, no moments at the Rose Bowl, no NFL career maybe. Who knows which way his life goes. And that's why he's singing to her up there at Canton. I believe we've got the clip of Charles serenading his mom during his Hall of Fame speech. It's pretty special. Mama, mama, you know I love you. Mama, Mama, you're the queen of my heart. Your love is like tears from the stars. I love my mama, man. Look no further than my mama to find out where I get it from. My passion, how hard I work, that comes from my mother. <clears throat> to see, oh, man, to see that awesome. emotion out there, it's incredible. 
incredible. And to see him doing it in a bedazzled ascot, it's amazing. <laughs> Even more amazing. I mean, he makes ascots. Ascots. Yeah, He's tried sure. to bring them back, man. He's I mean, been he doing does. it for years now. He loves those. And that was it's that amazing. was a song for Mama by Boys to Men. Yep. For those people who don't yeah. know. Charles what Woodson has brought the ascot back so much that no one else can wear them now because he has taken it for himself. <laughs> it's like when he was playing defense, like the whole side of the field that he's on is his. Like, don't away. even yeah. throw it. Takes it away. That's his. He 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 ascotted the side of the field. Well done. Are we gonna re- should we just rename them ascot? Should we just call it the Woodson? Call it a Woodson. You're rocking a Woodson. Oh, today. he's rocking Got a Woodson it. tonight. Hey, Brockman, uh, let me let me go ahead and second that emotion right yeah, there. He's rocking the Woodson. Tonight. The Woodson. Yeah. Who else wears ascots in popular culture now? If I ever occasionally, wear, if you get an Andre 3000 sighting, but when do you see that guy? That's true. And plus, his his style is all over. I mean, he runs yeah, the right. gamut. So yeah. Yeah. You know, if I ever wear a shirt with buttons again, which I, ever since I do this show, I try not to, I, I might consider the ascot look. I'm not, I'm not think, opposed I to it. I think you got four days remaining in this week. I think you can bust it out. <laughs> if there's anyone working on this show who might be able to rock a Woodson, it is TJ. But I think rocking a Woodson, I think that's done. I think it just belongs to this man right now. That Michigan photo right there. Charles Woodson, Steve Hutchinson went in over the weekend. Do you, you guys man, think this Ty is, Law went in last you year? You think this is Rich's screensaver on his phone right now? <laughs> <laughs> you think every time Rich picks up his iPhone, no. he just stares at this it's before Troy he... Palomalu's bust head. Yeah, he's <laughs> obsessed. That was epic. Rich is obsessed yeah, with, the bust, well, with the bust. Rich head. had a great, a great uh, tweet the other night that this is definitely the I all-time mean, oh, yeah, the bust hair team. I mean, Jimmy, oh, yeah. Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy's is phenomenal. Yeah, amazing. There Jimmy was Johnson, hair. Troy Palomalu, Edron James. Yeah. I'm, I'm I mean, particular to, to edges because of the locks, obviously. But All right, I'm going to put that up as a poll right now. Who has the best Hall of Fame bust? And what was funny, I was noticing Troy. Rich and I, Rich was tweeting from his own personal account, and I was tweeting from the show account, and he and I were back-to-back literally tweeting the exact same thing <laughs> at the exact Johnson. same time. We were both obsessed with the hair on these. But look at that. Look at that. I mean, that's, a man, that's a fantastic. And I think all, they did a wonderful job, too, with all the faces on the bus. Yeah. We have no, like, Christian, remember Ronaldo? Yeah. Cristiano Sometimes, Ronaldo bus that looked like Del Tufo, not yeah, the it's most terrible. It's terrible. It was, handsome man on the planet, yeah, it Ronaldo. Like, it looked like this. <laughs> it was like the weirdest, but it like, was terrible. Those, the busts, it's when they pick the year they've, they kind of go to because they pick what era they want. Yeah. Right. Of when they play. Edron James looked like it was carved out like that morning. Some of (laughs) of them look really like him. Mike, I, so, I, so if Mike, I, so if Del Tufo went into the Hall of Fame, there'd I be pitched. a bust of him at like a Billy Joel concert yes. in 1985. <laughs> yes. Like Long at the Nassau Coliseum. Right, Mike? That was yeah. your favorite movie. He just saw Pat LaFontaine and he's just getting his, getting his bust made. I think I, I text you and uh, Brockman and Ben this weekend when I saw Edge's bust and I said, now I have an idea of had I not quit football in eighth grade, what my Hall of Fame bust would <laughs> Would have eventually looked like, and it's right there with that. Also, Edwin how about James. Peyton Manning's being so serious? Yeah, I noticed a lot of the guys they did kind of have like scowls on their face, but I guess that's yeah. The, you want a tough football face, you know? You don't have a big ear to ear grin on your Hall of Fame bust. I mean, yeah, look at that. And you know, guys, Ben, you earlier you brought up the feelings that you had about watching these guys and kind of getting introspective. And I'll be honest, I told Chris this before the show. This was the first year. Well. Chris, Mike, and I have been lucky enough to go to this thing with Rich. And when I tell you that just when they're having a Nitschke luncheon and we're sitting there doing our show and we get to watch all these guys roam the halls, going back and forth to the bathroom, 
it is pretty awe-inspiring to get to watch these guys. But then you realize, man, these are my childhood heroes. And then you see them, and they're older, and that makes you feel older. And I, I really had some weird emotions this year watching these guys. No, it's definitely emotional to watch your childhood heroes, the the athletes that you collected cards of or had immortalized on your bedroom wall as you're a young person finding yourself uh, connecting with these larger-than-life figures of inspiration and strength to then see them as human beings mm -hmm. to understand that they face a lot of the same things you face. We're having that conversation now around mental health in, in a way that we never have in the sports world before. There's a human connection that takes place, and you almost find yourself you know, even more drawn to why you rooted for them in the first place. Yeah, man. You know, I have that same kind of, you know, feeling about my mother and, and how much she has done for me and sacrificed for me. I joke about the, the knee surgeries, Brockman, but she was there in the hospital for a Absolutely, week, man. staying there. And, and that bonded us in a way that'll stay with me the rest of my life. She's the reason I'm sitting in this chair today. And so to see your favorite football player take moment to honor his mother, it just connects you to them even deeper. And then you love seeing the camaraderie amongst the players, not just within their own personal families, but the rivalries, the moments, the teammates, yeah. certain players forever connected. And the fact that Tom Brady was there for Peyton Manning, the two of them forever will be associated with each other, I thought made for another special part of the weekend. Yeah. Next year, acceptance speeches will probably shrink to four minutes. And speaking of rivals, my good friend Tom Brady is here tonight. By the time he is inducted, By the, by the time Tom Brady is inducted in his first year of eligibility in the year 2035, he'll only have time to post his acceptance speech on his Instagram account. <laughs> Brady loves the, uh, the mention for the social media. You can follow Tom Brady at Tom at Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah, by the him. way, think about that for a second. That means Tom's going to play nine more years? Yeah, I think that's why people booed, Chris. He, when Tom was like, what did I do? What's up with that? There was a lot of Steelers, a lot of Raiders, a lot of Jets oh, fans there. Fans. And, and they were like, wait a minute, that means nine more years of this? That's why they booed. So how many more Super Bowls does Tom win if he's going to play nine more years? Five. You've got to figure four minimum. Five. Four minimum. So he gets to 11. <laughs> and then he's going to play until he gets his jersey number. So he's going to win 12. 12. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. happens first? Tom Brady wins three more Super Bowls or Steph Curry wins two more titles? Coming up next. That no one can actually answer. Our lower third. You guys, have, uh, you guys have been to this event a few times out yes. in Ohio over yes. the years. It's amazing. Yeah. Is, it, is it rare when there are current players of the stature of the star guys in the league who are in attendance? I don't think we've ever seen someone like with that. that much star power like Tom Brady show up. Sometimes wasn't Aaron Rodgers there as well for Charles Woodson, or there was rumblings. Far, I don't know. Far sure. yeah, got in. There with Favre? I know coaches have shown up. Yeah. Belichick has been there. Uh, we've seen other current head coaches right. show up if one of their players is getting inducted. But we've never seen a guy who's going to be on that stage five years after whatever he chooses to retire. Who yeah. knows when that could be? I mean. Anywhere from seven, eight, nine years. We've never seen that no. before. Well, I don't know you can say that because each guy that goes in, they have former teammates, sometimes current teammates. So there are a lot of guys yeah, that but are sitting there. Not, but not we don't the, always see them. But not like Tom Brady. Brady. Well, yeah, Tom Brady's in the normal I mean, those guys yeah, were right. rival yeah. rivals. Like that, that those two are like to me. And they're, and they're great friends, which, yeah. is, which I think is yeah. pretty awesome. 
And it's great to see um, Brady get booed, but it's also great to see. <laughs> um, not anymore, though. No, it, it is I great. Like it that. is great to see him out there supporting Peyton Manning because so much of the focus, obviously, is always on Tom, mm-hmm. and and you know to come and to be there as a support for someone else. I think I think it's really cool. Yeah, and it's cool that Peyton wanted him there. And then it was an amazing moment when Peyton talked about his father, the same way that Charles got emotional talking about his mother. Uh, this was a, a, a you know a moment after the jokes and after the the shots at Brady that kind of really I don't know s- s- stuck me from the weekend. We have inherited the history of this sport, even helped create it, but our responsibility cannot stop there. If we simply relive history and don't ignite the future of the sport, then we're not doing football justice. Each of us has deep roots in this game. Football even helped us carve out a place to belong. In my youth in New Orleans and in Newman School, football carved out a place for my favorite quarterback, my hero, my role model, my dad, Archie Manning, to pass on something he loved to me. Dad, there's no one I would rather have or be more appropriate than you to welcome me to the stage. That's incredible to hear him break like that and the love he's got for his dad. If it doesn't make you think about your own father and your own dynamic and relationship, then, then, then I don't know what's wrong with you. I mean, it's, a, it's an incredible thing that sports yeah. provides us in connecting to our, our, our elders, mm-hmm. those who teach us the games, support us in our pursuit of the games in whatever way that looks, as athletes, as reporters, as fans, as people who touch the game in so many ways. Give you a little insight into uh, my dad and I's relationship um, after the Dodgers traded Mookie Betts for Alex Verdugo. My dad was crushed. I said to him, oh, this guy Verdugo, he's okay. And he wanted to give him a chance. And now I get a text message every single time Verdugo does anything. So <laughs> July 1st, Verdugo, two for three. Comes at 12.09 p.m. July 9th, Verdugo, RBI. <laughs> no response. July 23rd, best win of the season. Again, I'm not a Red Sox fan. Uh, this is from yesterday. Verdugo home run. And then today, Verdugo paternity leave. This is Verdugo home run. Verdugo RBI. Verdugo paternity leave. All right, I get the updates from my dad. Does so. he want a response or is he just letting you know so that you know? He's letting me know because he knows that I know that he knows. <laughs> I just want you to know that I know that you know. I know that you know. (laughs) Getting back to Eli and Archie, I kind of say this. I have a lot of of thoughts about the Hall of Fames and and qualifications and whatnot. Here we go. He's going on Eli. No, I'm not. I'm not. I kind of say this seriously. I think Archie should get in at some point as a contributor. Like, he not only did he have a great career in college, and it just kind of, it's just kind of too bad that he played on a terrible team in New Orleans. But he produced two Hall I mean, of Fame sons yeah. and all those moments and all those great things on the field and off the field. Like, Archie should get in at some point, I feel like. Is there a division of contributors? Not reporters, not executives, you can, not You coaches. get in for a contributor. So yeah, like when owners like, get in, like yeah. Jerry Jones or So that's all Bob under the Pe- umbrella of contributors. contributors. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But is there like a, a sub-genre of just... Or fathers? Just not fathers, fathers or mothers, <laughs> but just... Contributors, people who've impacted the sport in a way 
that is worthy of that type of, of honor and recognition. Yeah, I think it's kind of all under that contributor umbrella, but just like, you know, there's, there's no Peyton. There's no GOAT quarterback without this guy who was also a really great quarterback. Yeah. Is that part of it that you have to have had some type of success in the sport? Because this is where my mind goes. Oh. I'm watching Summer League and I'm watching Jello hit four threes. Oh. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, in the Brockman Hall of Fame that's got yeah. Archie Manning out in Canton. Yes. Yeah. We're getting a big baller out in Springfield. Well, <laughs> no, because LeVar doesn't have that type of uh, resume playing wise like Archie does. Make sense? Yeah, but he could beat Michael Jordan. <laughs> that right? Is, that's, that's what he said. I mean, so he, he could said. beat Michael Jordan. At, at what? At Big one on one. We here to stay. <laughs> <laughs> you can't start putting in the parents of Hall of Famers just because well, they're no, no, like but in he the mix. Has, he's a, he has a, I see he what you're has saying. a resume that's it's like, different from that's very good. It's very, very good. Yeah, 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 yeah. His one son beat the greatest quarterback. I know Brock. Oh, twice. 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 Now, mind you. There was other guys on the yeah, team. Mind you, it is a team Michael sport. And we just sort of turned that into yeah. the but it's media like, narrative. But, but yes. think about it. He beat the, the the goat, the greatest. I mean, Brock. Right. We know it's hard for me to say, but the greatest quarterback, which is ever probably played. why 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 he'll go into the Hall of Fame. Exactly, and I mean that's the that's a there's no question. Just for that reason alone. He should go in. Brockman doesn't. He's no, no. Like, I, 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 mean, I just like, think at some point I'm I'm going to start pounding the table for Archie. I, I just think I like it. I just I think like it's that. time. I think Brockman. I think that's yeah, that good the way you're going. I'm on to something. What I what I did like about the weekend is that it's not just about the players. You're no. honoring these other figures in the game who who have contributed in some type of way. Jimmy Johnson, of course, going in now and. Having squashed it, I guess, with Jerry, did he squash it or they did I mean, something? Seems like they it. looked into each other's eyes and they both like shared something. Uh, <laughs> but, but how did you feel as a Cowboys fan? I, I think that's where all that nostalgia must have been coming into play for you over the weekend. Yeah, and, and not just not just Jerry and Jimmy. You know, I, I kind of again to touch on something you said. I felt I had a lot of feelings watching this, and Jimmy Johnson really he said something that resonated with me. Like a lot of these guys, when Jimmy talked about, you know, making people better, like essentially taking a guy who's doing this and not just letting you do this, pushing you to be better than what you are. And, you know, that kind of resonated to me. And, you know, things like Edron James with his dreadlocks and saying, you know, they said I couldn't make it with dreadlocks and a gold tooth. Well, I kind of had that feeling as someone who has had dreadlocks for 20 plus years I remember starting here at AT&T at corporate and them asking me, what do you think about cutting your hair? There was like never an option. So when Edge said that, that hit me, you know, um, Jimbo Covert coming from a small town in Pennsylvania, like I did, um, Isaac Bruce, that speech where he said, I prayed that God would keep you alive to see this day to the person that told him he wouldn't make it. And then he quotes Cool Mo D. Yo, man, that was that was insane. And the fact that Tom Flores, they had to wheel this man out here and it yeah. got me upset because there's no reason that man should have had to wait that long to be rolled out into that that moment. That was kind of upsetting to me. And um yeah. You know, Peyton, man, his speech ran the gamut from humor to sincerity with his dad to looking forward to the future. His speech was great. But for me personally, um, I've spoken about my nephew, Ishmael, who passed away at nine years old. You guys all know my story, my feelings with my nephew, who would have turned 23 last week. But Troy Palomalu, my nephew had a severe asthma attack three days after Christmas in 2008. 
On Christmas, we gave him a Troy Polamalu jersey. He loved it. It was his favorite thing. And then unfortunately, within seven days, he passed away. And we laid him to rest in a Troy Polamalu jersey. Oh, man. So to me and my family, Troy Polamalu, I have so much love for that man. I've never had a chance to meet him, to say thank you. But I've always, like, I hope to one day meet Troy Polamalu. Just to let him know that, like, my favorite person in the world has laid to rest eternally wearing your jersey. And so... Watching Troy up there, like, man, that uh, that that busted me up. But it was it was beautiful to see. Like I said, I was I was feeling stuff this whole uh, that whole weekend. That's really beautiful, man. And it's a reminder that the pebble in the in the pond that we all exude out into the world is ever reaching. You don't know how yeah. far that that pebble is gonna make an impact on somebody. When you throw a pebble in the pond and you see the ripples of the water just go out into eternity, there's no stopping it. So Troy Palomalu, who's inspired so many people, is now forever a part of your family. Yeah. And that energy that connects people in the universe, I believe, exists. And if you, you can feel it and you get a window into it during ceremonies like this weekend mm-hmm. that, that um, honor and educate and inspire the next generation of football fans. No doubt. You know, that's incredible. And, you know, there's certain things, too, that you can hold in your hand and you that that greatness, that accomplishment kind of like soaks off onto you in some way, or you, there's very few things you can like a gold medal. If you ever held a gold medal, I told you I played with a buddy of mine, snowboarder, won a bronze medal, used it as a ball marker on the back nine as a joke. But we were all like, Oh wait, this is giving us inspiration. Like this is, (laughs) wow, holding greatness in our hand. You can't do that. And you put on that gold jacket. It must feel, feel like the hall of fame you want the feeling to put that on because you earned it yeah. you, you achieved so much that this object in your hand brings greatness tj you've got one of those objects right behind you i do i do you have an object you have a signed <laughs> Wait a second, this is incredible a signed carmelo anthony jersey <laughs> you know autograph jersey brings greatness you're holding signed. excellence in your hand olympic medals Hall of Fame jackets, a signed jersey for producing punks. These are the things. <laughs> yeah, so uh, back in the day when I was a producer on the MTV show inspiration, Punk. Brockman. We, uh, what is Brockman? We punked Carmelo, and I had, this, I had this authentic Denver Nuggets Carmelo jersey. So after the punk, he was nice enough to sign it for me, and it says, TJ, I got punked. And this is one of one. Ain't nobody else going to have one you know, of these Hardy's guys. Hardy's a punk Mellow? He's yeah. the coolest guy on the planet. <laughs> so, yeah, I brought this in because I know you were such a Mellow fan. But, yeah, my, my autograph, one of one. Look at that. You know, maybe, I, I'll never put this on eBay, Mellow. Don't worry about that. Now, TJ Jefferson brought it in to show me. Not going to give it to me. But <laughs> gonna, <laughs> just wanted to bring yeah. it in to show. Brought this in for you hey, to show you that I have this. Look what I've got that you'll never <laughs> have. TJ, thank you so much. <laughs> All right, we've got J.E. Skeets, we've got Jim Trotter, we've got Kendrick Perkins, we got Terry Jackson. We have a full show on a Monday. Ben Lyons in for Rich. This is The Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. When you look back now, to again, next year will be the 50th anniversary of your retirement. What were you thinking at age 30 saying, I don't want to do this anymore? Oh, well, it wasn't a negative thing at all. It was, I saw too many champions go out the wrong way. Joe Lewis, mm-hmm. you know, come on. He was a tremendous champion, but to see him get knocked out of the ring and crawling through the ropes is not the greatest image you want to have of a champion like that. I always wanted to be bold and brazen, so <laughs> in order to do that, you had to finish as MVP of the league in your last year. And say, I'm going to Hollywood, I'm going to go to Hollywood and make movies? With Raquel Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> I have it to can't factor that, that into my it thinking. It can't beat that, right? <laughs> she's something else, too. You mean, so there was no Raquel Welch in the National Football League, essentially, is what you're saying? No, there was no Raquel Welch in the National <laughs> The Dirty Dozen. When you hear that movie name, what do you what what's your recollections of being on the set shooting that movie, Jim? I was privileged. They had one of the greatest set, uh, cast of all times, led by Lee Marvin. Mm-hmm. I mean, Donald Sutherland, John Cassavetes. We'd go on and on and on. Ernest Borgnine, and uh, it was just a tremendous experience for me. I was the rookie guy. They could have blown me off the set, <laughs> but they took me under their wings and helped me, and I gave a decent performance because huh. of that. No, really, because of that. I mean, because of it, all of that. And uh, I had sense enough to recognize that if it had been other circumstances, I probably would have had a miserable uh, performance. But uh, Bob Aldrich was our director, mm-hmm. and I think Bob would probably be the only director that could handle that group. Because not only were they talented, they were crazy. Off the set, off, off set? Off set, on set. Like, is there a, a safe for work story <laughs> well, from the set? I, I don't know. Tell us about us would be a good one, but I think, I, and Donald Sullivan also, but I better lay back. Lee Marvin had a, a known problem, but his soon-to-be wife made sure that he got to the set on time. <laughs> and that scene where you dropping the hand grenades, just running along? Yeah, I mean, didn't make it. Well, how how many how many takes did that did one? So one. I had take. to hit that cement. So I you did it one shot and and then wow. hit the cement, and that meant scars. And so once you you got hurt. I didn't get hurt, but I got I was hurting. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon me. I love yeah. that. There's a difference. Bruises, yeah, bruises hurt. You're not hurt. But... <laughs> What's that they say? There's a difference between being hurt and injured. Is that what they say? Yeah, yeah, you got it. Okay. The legend Jim Brown chopping it up with Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Open the vault, dig in the crates, see what's in the archives here. You always find good stuff. Ben Lyons in for Rich. On the Rich Eisen Show, Jim Brown just talking about the Dirty Dozen. I think my dad was on set for that movie. Charles Bronson, Lee Marvin, Ernest Borgnine. Incredible film. And they were across the pond. He was with my grandfather, and they did a set visit on uh, 
on the Dirty Dozen. My grandfather was a writer for the New York Post, had a column. But then he wanted to go to this other set. And my dad was kind of kicking and screaming. He's like, no, I want to hang out with Jim Brown. I want to be here on the set of Dirty Dozen. My grandfather was like, no, we should go to this other set. It's, uh, it's called 2001, A Space Odyssey. We should go check, check out Stanley's movie. Wow. We went and did that. The option. Pretty cool, right? <laughs> yeah, this is, this is the life of my father. My, my choices are, do I go with the pasta bolognese or the pizza when I'm watching Team USA with TJ Jefferson? <laughs> I don't know. Which one do I go What'd with? You I, went, I went pizza. I went, I went the penny alla vodka. Look at you guys. Yeah. Dirty Team dozen. USA. Naughty Rotten Rhymes. And Team then, USA gets the W Saturday night. I and I think was somebody Sunday. was trying to invite me to go to some bar down the street with him. I wasn't really sure what was going on there, Ben. Was... We were just back out in the wild, and uh, <laughs> we needed to return to the cave. It was our first time out in the wild in a yeah. while, and we needed to return to like, the I'm cave. I'm still not real comfortable right now. <laughs> hey, Michael Thomas is on Twitter today? What's going on? Oh, my goodness. So you've seen all this stuff going on in New Orleans, right? So there was a report that Michael Thomas like ghosted members of the front office and the training staff and the medical team and Sean Payton. And then finally he got surgery recently. So he's going to have to miss, you know, I don't know. He's going to miss some time. I don't know how many games is it a month. Is it two months? Unclear. Sean Payton clearly piffed about it when he was <laughs> asked last week, uh, which Michael would have gotten the surgery earlier on the foot that kind of ailed him for most of 2020. And then Michael Thomas uh, tweets this out this morning they tried to damage your reputation. You saved theirs by not telling your side of the story. And all I can think of is the hmm emoji because, man, is that cryptic, Ben Lyons. I'm just thinking about the font selection for our radio audience. This is a <laughs> meme that Michael Thomas made with uh, an elementary school style font. Is that Comic Sans that he used, it, or I mean, it looks close. Do you think he? Do you think he like swiped through the Instagram font filters and tried it with the more like diagonal letters? I mean, <laughs> that, that's I do that before I post anything. Let me see which one looks yeah. better. So he went with the real bubbly <laughs> Comic Sans there. God, Oof. that's a fun way to head into the season if you're New Orleans. You know, we got the def we got the defending champs in our division. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We've had a, a a Hall of Fame quarterback for. I don't know, 20 years it feels like, however long Drew Brees was there, 15 years. We just gave our big wide receiver an extension. Let's, uh, let's wake up on Monday morning to a, a tweet in Comic Sans. <laughs> that just does so much to bring down the energy, another theme on the show today, yeah. of an entire organization that's heading into an unknown season, mm -hmm. with their first season without Drew Brees. Since, Since what, the 90s? <laughs> yeah. Since the 90s? <laughs> I Drew Brees playing college. Look, since Tom Brady only had three Super Bowls. Right, right. Guys. Oh, boy. Man, what do you do with that? I have no idea. Like, what do you just sit him, trade him? Like, he's not going to play for a while. And, and the cryptic Instagram yeah, post, that's yeah. Kyrie's thing. Okay, let's leave that with Kyrie. About Kyrie's corner? He can only quote weird passages and strange things to infer that somebody... You know, tried to get in the way of him getting on a Zoom with Cynthia Nixon or whatever. So that's his thing. But think about what Michael Thomas is ultimately saying here. He's saying that I know so much dirt about you guys that if I speak, it is going to bring you all down in a way. So you're trying to damage me even though I'm not really saying what's going on? Again, you know that I know that you know, Michael Thomas. Yeah, pretty much. Saying that he's got this dirt on the New Orleans Saints Front office, coaching staff, maybe medical staff. Team, it's kind medical of staff. staff. I don't know. Yeah, that he's going to 
full of Canseco and just burn down the whole thing. But one thing I am, Ben, is like, and Chris knows this, a lot of people like to really do a deep dive into someone's tweets and stuff. And I just like, sometimes people just tweet stuff just to tweet it. And there's no meaning. Now, I understand, this, this in particular seems yeah. like there is meaning, though. This feels like yeah. there, is, there meaning. is meaning. And again, if you look at where this organization is and where this team is, they head into a season without Drew Brees, you would want stability where you can find it. Yeah. You would want certainty. It's like a great director who uses the same character actor over and over because he doesn't have to worry about that. Right. She doesn't have to worry about that. She can Harvey focus Keitel on whatever always else. gets cast in Harvey Martin Scorsese. Right. right. Marty can cast Harvey because they got a shorthand. He knows that he doesn't have to worry about that and he can focus on managing the 500 extras or blowing up a bus or whatever else you need to do that day on set. So if you're Sean Payton, you're like, okay, I got Michael Thomas over here. He's got the surgery. He's rehabbing. He'll be fine. Now I can focus my energy on who's going to play quarterback for my football team. Who's going to throw him the ball? No, I can't. I can't pay attention no, to that because I now have to go back to the thing that I thought wasn't a distraction. Guys, I saw a really hilarious response to Michael's tweet. Somebody named uh, at CD Carter 13 wrote typical QB tweet. Love my teammates. God is good. Running back tweet. Keep grinding. Tight end tweet. Derp. Wide receiver tweet. The enemy speaks kindly and holds a knife. <laughs> it's always something with the white outs, yeah, man. Because the their livelihood is so dependent About on someone others. Else, now, yeah. everyone in yeah. football, everyone in life, a lot of our success relies on other people. And, and that doesn't mean that you have. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't mean that you don't have control of your own life or your own you know, behavior on a football field, but it's a team game. Life's a team game. I couldn't do this radio show, this TV show, this multiple platform extravaganza <laughs> without the help of someone like Mike Del Tufo. You know, there's no not. way I could do this alone. Get familiar. So. Also, this this has kind of been a thing with Mike. You didn't even Thomas, have a line. Right? You literally, you thought about a line <laughs> to, and you paused, I stopped. you waited, <laughs> you gave us the anticipation and then there was nothing. Um, today's been a rough morning. I mean, I just got to like... Mike just went to soak in the moment. Got to keep your head down. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't do this keep without you. Keep your head down, Mike. Let's just grind it's through like, today, yeah. and we'll focus on tomorrow. It's you like, can have some one-liners as tomorrow. As a coach would say, it is what it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using it. Take Mike, it one day at a time. You don't have a crystal ball. We don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you can only talk about the equipment that's here, present, exactly. and working. <laughs> and TJ, to your point about, yes, about sometimes tweets are just tweets, and other times there's cryptic meanings. It doesn't seem like Michael Thomas has a lot of uh, tweets or just tweets. Remember last year he spouted off on Drew Brees when, when that whole thing was going well, on about the flag. I, mean, I kind of understood where he was coming from at that particular moment. Yeah, absolutely. But he, Michael Thomas doesn't seem like – I guess my point is he's not going to keep his feelings quiet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like if you I follow said, Michael I, Thomas, it's not going to be a rise and grind. What's up, tweeples? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm saying that. normally yeah. I don't look into it, but in this case, yeah, I, I think there is something. Yeah, I think there's a lot of there there, and yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of there there for New Orleans this year. This could be a real kind of struggle rebuild year for them, especially, so, you know, dealing with Tom Brady again. <laughs> <laughs> God, I mean. just like the sea just parts for this man, huh? Oh, okay, I, I play in a tough division, the NFC South. Well, why don't you know, Drew Brees, why don't you retire, have the wide receiver, <laughs> yeah. totally have a meltdown. And, uh, oh, yeah, in Atlanta, why don't you guys get rid of your future Hall of Fame wide receiver, too? Yeah, and then the other team, why don't you sign Sam Darnold? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, also, I mean, I actually think Sam's going to have a pretty good year, but you know what I mean? It's no. just like trade for the Jets quarterback. Good luck with that. Cool, cool. 14 and 2. Oh, man. Let's go. This is lined up for Brady, huh? <laughs> All right. We got more of the festivities out in Canton coming up. But coming up next, Jim Trotter. He was on the ground 
out in Ohio from the NFL Network. He'll be checking in. We got Skeets. We got Perkins. We got Terry Jackson. It's Ben Lyons in for Rich on a big Monday here on the Rich Eisen Show. Jim Trotter next from the NFL Network. Big Monday, TJ. Remember Big Mondays? Big Mondays. Now, you guys know here, you guys know that I'm a diehard Knicks fan, right? You are? I mean, you guys have heard that about me. As, I, I mean, I didn't really know. We had no do, idea. You know do you know the depths through which the fandom goes? Well, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like, uh, do you know, do you know that abyss. I'm somebody who would, who would say, you know what? I'm going to train. I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to give up part of myself, to become a member of the 7th Avenue Squad. Are you guys familiar with the 7th Avenue Squad? Absolutely not. No. You're not familiar with the 7th Avenue Squad? 7th Avenue Squad, <laughs> when the Knicks give up you know, 15 unanswered points and you want to go <laughs> buy an $18 beer to support Amari Stoudemire's contract, the 7th <laughs> Avenue Squad comes out to cheer you up. Okay. You guys ever seen? I was, I was a member of the 7th Avenue Squad. I came out there on the world's most famous arena the night where they lost to Landry Fields and the Toronto Raptors. I said, who wants a T-shirt? <laughs> T-shirt cannons are fun. And I prevented, I prevented fans from losing oh, their look minds. That. Look at that. See, I, I mean, I, you're oh I look you are forward. into yeah. it. You're into this. I look for the people in the upper deck, my people, the Spike Lee and NYU film school seats. The you got to make sure they get the, the ill-fitting Chase promotional T-shirt. The old blue section. On Brooklyn night, you see the armpit sweat? <laughs> I mean, look you put you. in work, you're son. Like, yeah. I'm out there sweating. Hey, Ben, it wasn't a game. It's not a game out there. Not a game. Not a game. I give, out every not a game. I give out every not a, T-shirt not like game. it's my last. We're we talking about T-shirt cannons. The problem with those t-shirt. cannons are they don't go the whole way up, man. They're no, only like, they're bad. They're very limited in you gotta range. Get, you got to get your base into what are we it. You got to squat. See the sweating? I forget where I was if they actually went up a couple levels and shot them up. TJ. Oh, that makes not, my only, not my only time on an NBA floor shooting things into the crowd. Oh, Uh-oh. Oh, jeez. Uh-oh. I believe we're able to, thanks to our incredible Crackpot staff here. We love the Ben pictures that come from He's going to ball. find another. This is, shows you the sacrifice, the dedication, the hard work. Hard work, dedication. At a Clipper game Uh-oh. on the West Coast here, before I married my wife, the, the, the Utah Jazz, they became my team-in-law. That was my second team. <laughs> Do we have it, Hoskins? Do we have it? We're going to get it after the break. What? All right, we're going to get it after the break. After I just want to show you guys oh. the dedication <laughs> you know, the, to I, my I want, craft. I want to two T-shirts in the same game at, a, at the no. Staples Center. Come yeah. on, what? Come on. Two, oh. It was the greatest accomplishment Did of my life. Did you know the person throwing them? No, yeah. man. No, I just, no, no, no. It just so <laughs> happened. Was the film for the Rich Eisen show, the T-shirt <laughs> gun at the Clipper game? Yeah, I got one. I had to coming up next. I made a Randy Moss catch. It was great.